0: Well, you're here. You're spending your Christmas Eve here in this place. You're giving up your time to be in this service, and I love that. That's awesome, but the question is why? Why are you here? You know, you might be here because you identify as a Christian. You say, I'm a believer. I'm a follower of Jesus, and so... I'm here to celebrate. I'm here to celebrate that God has come, that Jesus has come, his presence is with us, and his gift of his forgiveness has been given, and that's why I'm here. Maybe you're here because you're a casual observer. You want to check out what do these people do on this day in this place? What's going on here even? Maybe you're here because you've accepted an invitation from a friend or a family member to come and just be part of this and check it out. No matter who you are, we're grateful that all of you are here, but that God has something, I think, for each one of you. Because as the songs and as the scriptures that we've read, as all of them say, we believe here that Jesus Christ was born of a virgin, that he is fully God and fully man, and that his birth is good news of great joy for all people. And we believe that he gave up so much to come to be with us. And that was the way for us to reconnect with God. Jesus, this thing of him coming and coming to earth as a baby, began everything. That's what we celebrate and that's what connects us to God. And what he did there was this thing that we say he emptied himself. He gave up a part of his glory. He gave up his glory, his radiance in heaven for us to find God's gift of salvation. So as you saw that, that tree emptying itself of the decorations, of the lights, of the beauty of it, that's a symbol of what Christ did at the incarnation when he came, when he was born. And I have some other pictures I want to show you here of some of these are some of the greatest Christmas trees, they say, in the world. And I, I love that. I think it's awesome. And this one's in St. Petersburg. And it's a beautiful tree. A lot of these are very artistic and, and beautiful. This one is in Mexico City. And I, I love the kind of creativity of it, the lights shining forth from it. It's a beautiful photo. I like this one in in Lebanon, where it's just with the fireworks display, and it kind of looks like a little hobbit house or something, this weird tree, and it's this amazing display of, you think of the radiance and the glory of God, like this is a great picture of it. But Jesus' coming was maybe a little more like this, the Charlie Brown Christmas tree. And you might think, you might even be offended, like, "Well, how, what, you're saying that about Jesus? No, 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 this is how it works, okay? This is what he did. He gave up some of his glory. And maybe it's kind of like this tree, where it still is a Christmas tree, it's still got even some decorations, but it's emptied itself of all of its needles are, are on the ground there below it. Now, yeah, you might think, okay, well, what, what do you mean? Well, actually, in that prophecy of Isaiah, that was from 700 years before Jesus was born, These words were spoken of what the Messiah, the Savior to come, would be like. And it said this, it said, He has no stately form or majesty that we should look upon him, nor appearance that we should be attracted to him. So you see that he didn't come just to kind of wow you with how, like all of his glory and how he looked. And I don't know if that means that Jesus wasn't a very attractive guy. I'm not sure if any of our pictures are correct that we have of him. It also says he was despised and forsaken of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. If you are a person that has experienced grief and sorrow, Jesus not just sympathizes with you, he empathizes with you. He knows what that's like. It says, and like one from whom men hide their face, he was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely our griefs he himself bore, and our sorrows he carried. He was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. That's our sin. The ways that we have gone against God, that he took that upon himself. That was prophesied about him hundreds of years before he even came. And we see that fulfilled in his life. And then there's another passage of Scripture. It's called Philippians and it's a, a letter written by a man named Paul who's a leader in the early church. And he wrote this letter to this church in a town called Philippi. And he wrote this letter to them. And in it, he talks about Jesus. And he's telling them, hey, you should be like Jesus in this way. And it says, although he existed in the form of God, he did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped. But he emptied himself. Paul says that Jesus emptied himself of this radiance and this glory and we even see in the there's a story of the Mount of Transfiguration where Jesus goes up into this mountain and it's like the glory that's in him just explodes out of him where it can't be contained in this moment it's this amazing moment but it's just for a glimpse because while he's here on earth he has emptied himself and he takes the form of a bond servant a slave And being made in the likeness of men, he is made like a human. It says, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. That Jesus emptied himself of the honor and the glory that he deserves. And he did that so that he could relate to you and I, that he could live upon this earth fully God, but then also fully man. And so we we have a couple phrases, a couple phrases that are in the prophet Isaiah and that are in the songs that we sing this time of year. And one of those is this, unto us a child is born. Unto us a child is born, that Jesus is fully human. When he was here on earth, he was fully human. And in that, he was humbled at times, he was vulnerable, he was tempted, he experienced grief and sorrow, he had to work hard, he lived in poverty, and one thing that I think about is that Jesus would probably even have stubbed his toe. Alright, this is a very sort of normal thing, but for some reason it strikes me thinking about Jesus stubbing his toe, and if you think of this, when you kick something really hard on accident with your bare foot, and it hurts, but it's not just the pain, it's sort of the rage that builds up in you, that I want to destroy the inanimate object that has caused me this pain. And I, did anybody ever feel like that when you stub your toe? Jesus empathizes with you, okay? He understands. (laughs) But he does, it's like he's very, very human, it's very real, it's very normal, Uh, I love what the singer of the greatest rock band of all time, of all time, U2 says, and don't just trust everything they say, I'm not saying that, okay, but in this moment he says, I remember coming back from a very long tour. On Christmas Eve, I went to St. Patrick's Cathedral. So it's an appropriate quote for today, okay, don't get all on me about it, I think it's good. But he says, it dawned on me before, it had never really sank in, the Christmas story, The idea that God would seek to explain himself is amazing enough, but that he'd seek to explain himself and describe himself by becoming a child born in straw poverty. A child. I just thought, wow, the poetry, unknowable love, unknowable power, describes itself as the most vulnerable. And he just says, love must become flesh. And that's the thing, that's the thing with the incarnation, Jesus becoming fully human, that he describes himself, God, very God, as the most vulnerable, a baby born into straw poverty. Unto us a child is born, but also unto us a son is given. Because Jesus Christ is God very God and the Son of God the Father. He has still, even though He's fully human when He's here on earth, He is fully God, eternal, all powerful, all knowing, the Creator of the universe, exalted one. And He deserves all of the glory and all of the radiance, but He empties Himself of that as He comes to live as one of us. But it's because He is fully God. That he doesn't just come and live, he comes and lives the perfect life that you and I could never live. And then he goes upon the cross and he dies upon that cross to take the sin of the world and the consequences for our sin. He takes that then upon himself and dies for it. But then on the third day, he comes back to life in power. He is risen from the dead with victory over sin, over death. And that's how he's fully God still. And it's a beautiful, amazing story that we have of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But if all that's true, and all we have to do is accept this amazing free gift that he offers, then... You know, why is it so hard? Even for those of you or those of us that would say we are Christians, it's so hard for us to believe it, let alone obey the words that he says and the things that he calls us to do. Because, you see, the thing is, is that in order for us to fully get Jesus or to get all that Jesus offers to us, we actually have to give up some things. And the primary thing, though, that we have to give up is our striving for ourselves to earn God's love. Our striving to earn God's favor. Our striving to earn God's forgiveness. Because you see, there's nothing that we have to earn. It is given to us as a free gift. And then he calls us to live a a radical, purposeful, meaningful, hard life for him after that. But this thing of salvation and forgiveness and grace in him, that's a gift and we can't try to earn it. It's not it. If we earn it, it's not it. That's not what it is. It's a free gift that's offered to us. He promises. Jesus promises to be with us, to lighten our burden, to carry that for us, to be with us. And through that gift, he offers us freedom. And we can live in this sort of scary, crazy world that we live in. And we can live in that world without fear when we know that it is Jesus that is caring for us, that is covering us, that is holding us up. We can live free in this world. And we know then in that moment that I'm free to enjoy each day without worry. I'm free to give rather than trying to hoard it all for myself. I'm, I'm free to forgive others instead of retaliating against them. I'm, I'm free to be able to love the person that seeks to do me harm. And I'm free to then live that life of purpose and meaning in him. But all of that starts with a giving up, with a letting go of our self-reliance, our self-sufficiency, our self-determination, all of that. We give that up. We let that go. That verse, uh, Philippians 2, that we read that portion of that letter, it continues and it says, At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And we believe that. And that's what we are are called and expected to do as we receive that free gift, as we confess that Jesus, you are Lord. You are God. I believe that you did come as this baby. And I believe that you did rise from the dead. That's how we can respond to him as we give up our natural desires, our sins. We give up our distrust, our fear to embrace that great gift of God's grace. And in Him, we find that freedom. We find the hope, the peace, the joy, the love in Him. And so we invite you into that. We invite you into that today to consider where you are. And what the beautiful thing is is that The Creator, God, has designed us then to live this thing out in community together as a family. And so we invite you, if you're here and you're not part of this family, we invite you not even just into relationship with Jesus, but into family with us. We invite you into this family together. And so you have a chance to respond now. And I encourage you to grab this little card that's in your bulletins. You have that bulletin there. There's this half Page sheet. I'd encourage everybody to grab that and grab that, pull it out, and there's a a way for you to respond in there. And in a moment, we're going to receive our offering. But I tell you, if you're a guest or if you're here and you're considering this response, let this be what you drop in there. And there's a few different responses that you could have today. One is that it could be for the first time, I choose to place my trust in Jesus that's you, I encourage you to be prayerful about that tonight. If God's tugging at your heart to not just check this box, that's, you know, we would love to help walk alongside you. That's why we'd ask you to check this box and drop this in. But this is the time between you and God, for you to talk to God about what He is calling you to in this moment. The second one is that maybe, you know, in the past you've received Christ, but you've strayed. You've wandered and You want to renew your relationship with Jesus Christ. That's for you to check there. We'd love to help you kind of get back in there. But maybe you're not ready for a decision, but you've got some questions. That third box here just says, I have questions about all of this. And we'd love to help answer any of your questions, even one-on-one. But we also invite you into this thing called the Alpha Course that is on here. It's this class. It's this incredible opportunity to come, and you can ask questions and legitimately ask the kind of questions that might even be offensive, that you think would be an offensive question to ask, that's the place to ask, okay? To come, we want it, and it's, it's super safe for that. So consider, what is your response? And as we give, as we express our worship to God through giving, I just encourage you to drop your response into the, the bags as they come around, and take all the time that you need. So let me pray for us here. And just pray as God, as the Holy Spirit of God is working in your hearts. That God would be drawing each one of us to himself. Let's, let's pray together as we give. Lord, we come before you. and Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would be, Lord, working in each person's heart, Lord, their mind. Of what you are calling them to today. Lord, if we feel that tug, Lord, may we not let this moment go by without responding, God. Because... This could be the moment that changes an eternity for someone, for me, for you. And so we pray that even as we give here in this moment, that our giving would be just a, a way to worship you, like the Magi as they brought their gifts to you, Lord Jesus. May this be our way of saying, Lord, we worship you with cheerful, joyful hearts for what you have given. You have given so much for us. We give back to you with worship.